this is a very, very exciting day because I think it kicks off our official public journey into social media stardom and celebrity and all the wonderful things that come with building a brand. No, I'm only joking. We're actually very lucky today because we are beginning to kick off our discussion with our chosen agency to build the Philodomo brand. Lucky enough, it is my wife's business who has been smart enough and lucky enough to bring in Matthew, who is the GM of Loud Days. Lana working with him at the moment during her transition where she's a basically a board member and me who sits on the board of that company too. But this is very exciting because, um, well, first of all, welcome Matt. Thanks, Tim. Excellent. Lana, again. Hi, everyone. And as always, the only person we trust here is Nigel sitting behind, but we've told him to be quiet and less addressed. So, hi, Nigel. Hello. I'll be as quiet as possible. <laughs> no, only joking. <laughs> so, we've got the team here and it's a really, really exciting um, podcast for us because this does kick off what we'd call our transparent um, look into how to build, I guess, a company's digital and social media offering. Not only offering, but brand presence and what do you do with platforms? What do you do with your brand? What do you do with the people associated with it? And with all the clients that we deal with in Philodomo, obviously one of the big questions they come up with, particularly established businesses, is what do we do with digital? What do we do with digital? And it's such a big question and it's very complex and there's a lot of strategy with it. There's a lot of, um, I guess, debate around what's the best and worst practices. So what we figured together and we had a catch up last year and talked about our planning for this year with Loud Days and Matt and Alana is how do we how do we take what we want to do as our business being Philodomo and what would happen if we said let's do everything as best practice of what we know it and sort of that's what we believe would be very very interesting for people who are also thinking that's a direction that their companies are going to head down but also just for us there's a little bit of an adrenaline rush because now we're completely public and you know poor matt who's sort of <laughs> come on board recently going okay so the first thing you want to do is basically let everyone in behind the velvet rope yep. and if we fail it's going to ruin the whole company that uh, lana and i have been running for a decade so um matt Yay. welcome yeah thanks the adrenaline rush has kicked in <laughs> Excellent. Now, Lana, maybe I'll let you respond. Is that is that a, a fair way to um, describe what we're doing here? I'd say it's pretty close. Everyone in this room has had the discussion of all or nothing when it comes to Philodomo's digital presence and Matt's been brought in, as you mentioned, as the general manager and what I'm excited about for this whole situation is Matt comes at things as what the client needs as opposed to what they want. Yeah, and I've definitely come from what I want. Absolutely you do. So for Nigel and I, this is going to be fun to watch. What this means is Tim, for example, might want a social media post to which Matt's question will be, what do you want to achieve from that post? So pulling it right back down to the database of why are we here, what's the outcome that we want, which is really easy to say in digital, but it's much harder to achieve when every single thing that you do from content to spend money to choose a platform or a channel has to come back to a very tangible why and that's a huge learning curve I know for you Tim because <laughs> why can't be because I want it why has to be achievement of the Philodomo business objectives digital fame if that's what it is that we're looking at or return on investment which I know is where mm. Matt likes to sit <laughs> Yeah, I, I think the, the main thing for me is that it really comes back to the, the core of the, the business and the business objectives. We, we don't want to go ahead and, and, and create a, a, a digital strategy or a social media strategy in isolation. We want to make sure that it really comes back to, to what you're trying to achieve at the end of the day. Well, I think, I mean, obviously the achievement is around world domination. and Obviously. You know, all those sort of things. But I also think um, just picking up on Lana's point in terms of um, – agent being on client side versus being on the agency side and we've all in this room been on both sides so we've got experience in both but for me it, a legitimate um, criteria of um, it's what I want is a legitimate criteria. Now being educated on how much money I'm going to lose heading down that path <laughs> is a different thing but I basically if I stamp my foot and pound my hand I think that's legitimate as long as I'm paying for the experience. Absolutely. What we like to look at is six months down the track when you ask us why it hasn't worked. It's absolutely my fault. Yep. Hmm. 
No. <laughs> no, it's definitely our, our, our job to, to lead, try and lead you in the right direction. At the end of the day, if you really believe in something, we'll, we'll help guide you through it. But, but we're doing our job by, by giving you the pros and cons of, of, of each direction that, that you're trying to take. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, you know, we're just being a little bit tongue-in-cheeky because these guys are absolute experts and obviously I'll shut up and listen as much as I can um, down to the you know root being of who I am. No, you can't take that Where's as a snippet to play back. Five thirty-three, episode <laughs> one. <laughs> but thank you, Nigel. But I guess as part of this and and trying to spend some time doing these insights and these podcasts and some of the videos you'll see across our platforms in this area, we want to also educate businesses on how they should be working with their agencies because. If you go into an agency, you'll hear that a lot of the time it's the bloody clients not understanding and things like that. It's not saying that us as an agency sits there and abuses clients but what you're trying to do is get them the best results. But digital can be counterintuitive for a longer-term play. It's easy to get quick wins on digital like you know, a decade ago was just get them more likes on Facebook and then it was just get them a few clicks to their website and then it got to – full analytics of conversion and then half the digital agencies got there and said, well, wait a minute, we don't know how to do that so just keep selling them on the likes and clicks and then we'll call a thing called SEO that no one really knows what's happening but as long as they can see more traffic, whatever these things are. So we really want to, for us and, and you know, all of us personally, is we, we know each other well enough that we want to try and demystify um, the myths with some of our live experiments. And as I said, I'm prepared to do some investment personally from not only energy and finance but we actually want to, we want to create some real problems that we can discuss and hurt people, hurt people, and show people how they may deal with it. Because I know that this is not a linear line to success, and there's not a regardless of whoever you listen to online. There's not a do this and you will get digital success. We've done, you know, how many millions of dollars in advertising have we put through for companies in different industries? Let alone sitting here now where it's my money and going, okay, I'm putting this in now it's obviously a different feeling but it's also exciting because i know when you do the right things in my head it may not be the right things that matt suggests and the team suggests but they everything has a time and place and that's something that i think will be very very interesting where an agency usually sings with a client is agencies don't expect a client to completely understand what we do just like an agency can't completely understand the whole business and every facet of it. So whether the relationship genuinely works is when the client is open to educate and education and the agency is open to educate and education. And so I know the best client that we ever had... Um, apart from me. Apart from you, obviously, <laughs> yep. and Matt, um, was a woman called Sarah. And Sarah was head of marketing and she would go into bat for us when she understood. And so part of her job was educating up in her organisation and while she knew she didn't understand digital, she would take the time to understand why we were recommending something so that yep. she could then sell it up into the business and if they said no and she had a belief that it should actually happen, she would come back and work with us to make it happen and to us that's where the client and agency work really, really well together that our recommendations, as Matt said, they don't have to be taken on board but we have to do our best by the client. The client in return has to be open to if we can't do it, what's the other alternative or what happens if we don't do it so they get that full picture of a digital presence. Yeah, and it's, it's really important for us to to get into the business as well and really understand the, the core of what your business actually is to provide context to our recommendations. Um, we're not going to come at edit it with a formula um, for success yeah. because it's it'll be different to, to every business that we we work with we work with so for us it's really really important to whether it's about sitting in the client's office for a few days or getting into a call center or um, just really understanding the context of, of the client um, so that when we work with them we really we, yeah. we tailor our strategies and really understand what, where they're coming from oh, absolutely and I think um, and obviously the reason I'm very excited about this is I think we've got some advantages and disadvantages in terms of Philodomo engaging loud days. So obviously the major advantage is we see each other every day and we work closely. We're all located in the same building. So it's great to be able to have that direct connection with the agency. I think a secondary um, advantage we have as a client of loud days is 
I think we're fairly sophisticated in understanding the true impact of numbers. I think where a lot of people screw up digital is because they have no idea how to run their businesses. So they're looking at basically I put in a dollar and I'm looking for clicks and conversions on my website, which is fine. It's the most basic understanding of transaction, but you're missing all the things that can come as a byproduct of that. So what happens when the traffic doesn't convert? What else could we do with that traffic? Is this meant to be conversion traffic or is this building a pool of owned res? All these sort of things will go through as we go down. So I think it's an advantage that we're fairly sophisticated in our understanding of commerce and how we can make things that we would invest in in digital work for us from an ROI, not just a direct click because at the moment we're particularly – this is a brand build for us, not necessarily a trying to attract more clients. That's just generally a byproduct of getting your brand out there. So we're playing a different game than I guess a lot of normal clients generally come to an agency for. They're looking for sales-related metrics immediately, which is very short-term thinking, particularly if it's a brand that's never done everything. So I understand that in my brain that I've got a commitment to, hey, this is going to hurt a little bit for a little while, but when it works – it should have an advantage that others don't have. So I'm good with that because the prize, but that might be six, 12 months away and I'm good with that. I, I think if your agency hasn't got your sales in six to 12 months, you should fire them just right. quietly. Uh, Nigel, just get that down as the timing, got that commitment on the contract, excellent. <laughs> um, and I think, I think the other thing that um, in terms of our commitment to the agency where other clients probably can't do it and we have a little bit of an advantage. And the reason I'm going through all this is because I think we should look at where we're beginning from. So when people relate this, they can't just sit there and go, yeah, but, you know, you guys are in the same office so you understand it. That's an advantage. I think the, the last advantage is our creation. So we are committed to creating a hell of a lot of content so the agency can get everything they need. Half the time most people can't commit to um, the content creation that agencies need and a lot of the times when we've seen clients in the past who have head down digital, they're providing really poor content and trying to think that the agency can do some sort of miracle. And I, I think that's an advantage in terms of I guess even at the start line that we're prepared to invest in content creation that's dictated by what the community wants and what we believe would be of high value. So obviously we've built a podcasting room um, we've got production equipment. These are not – I should probably stress we haven't blown the budget on these sort of things. We've just got enough to do some in-house creation. And luckily enough, we've got Nigel who's um, – Nigel, how would I best describe your content creation ability? Because in my mind, you're unbelievable. In terms of the general public, we would say that you're – how would you describe yourself as a content creator? Uh, high volume, consistent, uh, not highest quality but high qu higher quality. Yeah, and I, I didn't want to say that because that would be almost down. It's not a negative thing. It's exactly no. what we sort of need in this day and age. So I think we've got an advantage there with particularly Nigel too. Nigel is the Vin Diesel, the fast <laughs> and furious of content creation. <laughs> <laughs> or The Rock. Okay. so I'll go The Rock, thanks. Yeah. Michelle Rodriguez. Done. Love it. Yeah, so keeping your agency focused is um, also an important part of the... Uh, keeping your wife focused completely <laughs> That's a, that is a, no, That is a battle that you cannot win. Um, so I think we've got advantages there. In terms of disadvantages, Matt, and the things that I think where we're bringing... Um, ...we're making your uh, work harder is um, Alana and I are very much... Uh, ...how would I describe this? Let me put it this way. We've been involved in a digital marketing agency for nearly a decade and the last time I posted on Instagram would have been close to that time I think. Our business that we've bought two loud days in um, was established in no this entity established November 2015 and we now have exactly zero posts. So if you can imagine the effort you need to go to to post <laughs> nothing and then or we may, Alana just said, no, no, we had three posts that were deleted and now it's our... Well, no, it's the logo split the logo across three So <laughs> really, really amazing. So we've got no platforms, no community, no database apart from a minimal under under 200 names, say, if we look we through We would it. call this a standing start. Yeah. Yeah, so I want, I want everyone to understand where we're going for as much as we have advantages around that. Also, in um, social media terms, I'm pretty old. So one of the things about... Um, going into this 
you know, this business and starting to create a public profile around the company profile, it's a lot of young kids are playing this game. So you're competing against a different thing. It's not necessarily people that are, you know, there's an aesthetic there that it's easy to attract different communities. We're a little bit older than the average 22-year-old that's now building up their profile and, you know, showing their Lamborghinis and all the fake stuff they do to just make clicks, likes and get the general, you know, all that sort of stuff. Okay, boomer. <laughs> I'm definitely not a boomer. However, I'm looking for any boomer businesses to purchase. Anyway, um, so as an advantage or disadvantage, I think that's – would that be a fair start point that we can describe? Is anyone – thoughts on that is that accurate yeah i mean it's it's a it's a blessing and a curse it's a it's a, a blessing that you can you can build the whole thing from scratch but but at the same time the the challenge is 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 yeah. the goalpost setting the goalpost for for what you want to create over time versus if if you were a really heavy social media user and then we came in and went oh tim no this is a mess and we had to wind it back yeah <laughs> it, it's it's a whole nother challenge so what, for you matt what are the red flags i know i mean Let's be brutally honest now. What are the red flags of, I guess, what I want from Loud Days and what you can see that we're probably going to have to address? Because you've been very nice to me so far, which is <laughs> whatever you need, Tim, it can happen. You have said a few times, but you're going to need to do this and I'm good with that. But what are the real red flags in terms of this type of client coming to you with these type of demands, which is let's take over the world? Yeah, I mean, obviously, the the volume that we're talking about is is a challenge. I mean, that's it's, as in um, content, content, the, yep. the the volume of content, um, and the and I think that the channel selection um, will have to be really considered at the start. So I think the although it looks like we're putting out a, a lot of content very quickly, um, we also have to consider that the the channels that we're using are are really considered. We're not just sort of it's not just we're not just firing content Spam. out the door. Yeah, we're not yep. just we're it's it's a really considered framework. So I think that's that's the that will be the the key thing to get right, and the the key thing that we'll work with you on to to make sure that um, although we're we're putting out a lot of content, that that it's it's it has a purpose, yeah. um, and that is working towards the sort of that bigger goal. And if I can just jump in for anyone who's listening, one of the biggest red flags that Matt and I do come across is a client will tell us we have to be on Instagram with no real purpose as to why we have to be on Instagram. It can be because it can be because they think that it's the popular one that someone they know has told them to be on Instagram. What Matt's talking about with this idea of purpose is what are we trying to achieve from a business objective? And if you say, I want to build a community, I want to get clicks, I want to get traffic, our job is to then understand your audience and work backwards from that to tell you who, where you should be posting and who you should be posting to. So who you want to target should dictate your platform and your channel not have your channel dictate who you want to talk to. Great. So we're going to get to our first client agency debate right now, which is um, what did that take? take long. 16 <laughs> minutes in. So, and, so, and this is good because I get to keep pulling this card. Listen, I need to show the community what every platform does even if we shouldn't be Absolutely there. Absolutely you do as long as you've got your KPI set around that platform. I meant, and the, the, I meant the podcasting community because I can't say – I can't talk intelligently about things like TikTok – if, um, for anyone listening, Tim wants to be a TikTok star. <laughs> no, definitely do not. I, I <laughs> and actually, if you don't know what TikTok is, it is for 13-year-old to 16-year-olds. It's incredible. I'm more it's amazing. It's like unbelievable. It's Matt got into a TikTok hole the other day. Yeah, and then got out of it very quickly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I guess for adults looking at TikTok, it's that whole thing. It's almost essentially drinking. You lose an hour and go, why did I just do that? This hurts way too much to be looking at it. But for the sake of the experiment and having this, that we're going to have to do probably a few things that are going to be a complete waste of time. And actually, I don't know. I'm presuming that a lot of these things wouldn't be advised by my agency with locked budgets and what I'm doing because I get that fully and this is where we know we're going to waste a bit of time and energy um, and, and money obviously. But I think it's important that we look at these just for the experiment as well. Nothing is a waste of time if you know what you want to do with it. So if your KPI or your idea of TikTok is that you want to see what happens, then that's great for us. We can work with that. It's when you say, I need to get sales from TikTok and you're targeting 45-year-old men. TikTok's not the platform for you. So that's why we have to start with who's the ideal customer if we're selling and then okay. work from the platforms from there. You might say that your ideal audience – or one section of the business are SMEs and your ideal audience for a different section of the business are franchises. 
they're going to have different platforms that they operate on with different messages and this is where Matt's channel strategy comes into it which is why are we doing what we're doing on each channel with the audience in mind. I mean if you're if you're nurturing the the, the 14 to 16 year olds for future sales then yeah maybe it's maybe it's a great channel um, but you wouldn't be expecting immediate results or immediate sales out of that channel. Um, but it's about it's about that channel mix that we're looking at and the having a multi layered layered strategy. So so at the end of the day, we yes we can invest or experiment in certain channels because you, we might not know what the results would be for a business consultancy in TikTok. But we could try it for a couple of months ago. Actually, yeah, it's it's created a really nice pipeline for future. Yeah, and I guess um, for those listening, this is where the the um this is where it's agency versus client in terms of, you know, and if, an agency could do whatever you want but they're trying to be respectful of your budget. So if you have no idea of budgets um, and you want to do everything, well, that's your problem because you're the one who's not educated and a good agency will educate you around this and you can probably hear Matt and Alana are just taking me through and I'm being a, a, a little bit silly because A, I'm just seeing how they'll respond and B, we're doing it anyway because <laughs> I'm prepared to lose money on and time on it because – for us particularly, I, I slightly differ in terms of what we have to create and this is talking back to the business owner versus the agency. You're only as good as how you can educate your agency. So you can hear Matt and Alana, they run a performance agency. So they're actually looking for return on investment which is music to my ears obviously as the client sitting there. They're, they're telling me I'm stupid because I want to put money in something that they don't believe would be the highest priority or the top 10 but if I want to do it, they'll allow me to let my ego be settled which is great because we're going to do it but it's that whole thing of they're looking for what's the fastest way to get that dollar back so they can reinvest it and keep this thing being a self-funded model because it's extremely expensive and it's not expensive for everyone but these platforms are free in most people's minds but there's content creation there's Nigel here there's podcasting there's video production there's time there's energy there's there's so many things that actually go into the real cost of building a digital strategy properly. <laughs> I just told everyone to turn their phones off and guess was the only person who left it on if you heard that. Sorry team, that's a fine. Anyway, so as you can hear, these guys are trying to already protect me from myself but if you were an uneducated client, you'd be hearing them on pushing back. But what they're really telling me is Tim – you want to save these dollars and see if we can get them back sooner because you can always reinvest them. And I get that. I just want to point out these little things because I think the nuance of agencies that don't want to do things because they actually don't have the know-how and they try and push people towards platforms that they're more comfortable with. So most agencies will push you towards Google Pay-Per-Click and Facebook and Instagram because it's built really nicely in the back end for agencies and they can show value. So that's easy. Every idiot agency can do that. Sorry, I'm not disparaging to agencies because we also got a lot of clients that are agencies but it's simple compared to a sophisticated strategy of what's the business needs and then how do we intertwine that so for me I'm really excited to hear that because obviously I don't want to lose a hell of a lot of money and time and energy doing the wrong things but I'm equally excited doing things against um, the priority because of the experiment we're doing for all the listeners and also so people can see what is how would you approach this? I think that'll challenge us in terms of using non-traditional platforms, um, even some of the international ones that Matt brought up. If he said, well, if you really want this, Tim, I'm going to take you down a dark hole of where you can go. <laughs> so he's bought all these platforms. I get here, you know, New Year's Day when we're back and there is this booklet of everything Matt's going, you can do this in France, this in China, this and this. And I'm like, oh, shit, maybe maybe I should listen to Matt because <laughs> he knows a hell of a lot more, which I loved. Like I, I loved you saying, fine, Tim, I'm going to show you what you are because what so I big, know is… How big we could go. Yeah, yeah. So it made me go, I actually can't go to everything. Yeah. I just I actually have to listen yeah. and then just add a little mayo, I guess. And it, Oh, sorry. It should be noted that Matt's background, he's done agency and has just recently come from client side. So he understands the position that you're currently in, which is everything has to be justified, which is why I personally love working with Matt and I know the clients that we work with outside of Philodomo they love this idea of want versus need. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. I'm comfortable with that too. Um, Matt, in terms of – so should we talk through our priorities as a brand at the moment just to get an idea of where we're starting from because I think that's probably important is what are our 
What is Philotimo's priority now? Because I don't think we're a traditional client. So we should talk about some of those things so people who are listening going, why are they making those decisions around brand, content creation and things like that? So for me, um, and maybe you guys tell me if I'm wrong, the first stage that we should start with as a brand with zero brand presence and zero platform presence is we have a brand build to begin. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Um, and I think that's the, the the key starting point is is who are you um, and being really comfortable with who are you as a as a brand um, because that will that will filter through everything that everything that you do from um, from the way that you conduct the podcast to to how the website looks, what you say, um, the co- type of content you create, um, the tone of voice in the content. Um, without that, you, you you're not working towards anything in particular or 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 a common. Um, look and feel or sound um, that when people hear they go oh that's a that's a philodomo piece of content um, yep. and that's that's really key to to start with and it's it's really key to to have those guidelines for yourself when when you're thinking through what what to create um, that's it's always the the thing to go back to so should you guys be part of the discussions around creative how does that how does that generally work? Like, is that something? I know we can obviously pay you to do creative, but I'm choosing to keep that in house because we need to protect our brand. Um, just for the record, it's not that I won't be getting these guys involved, but I just want to. Most brands come and say we need to keep the creative in house because, you know, it's our brand and we know how to create content like that. So, just for the record, Nigel's here creating a lot of our content and we'll get help when we need it. But it, what role does the agency play around? look feel and like how do we even have those discussions so i mean it's a big question because there's a there's a lot of brands take it in in different stages so they so they might go to a pure brand agency for that and then and often they'll they'll deliver it to us and say this is this is how we speak this is who we are this is what we do um or we get involved at this point in time which which i'm recommending recommending because it means that we can we can help um develop a, a playbook for, for Nigel when he's um, creating content because it means that um, we can get more content out of a single piece of content um, and, it, and it works across multiple platforms. Yeah, gone are the days of automatically post to Instagram from Facebook, aren't they? Yeah, yeah good. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember that? <laughs> Lana, how do you see in terms of – because, I, I mean, obviously you'll be in agreement with Matt because you guys basically see the social the same way – but how do you, in terms of content creator, what are, what are the biggest challenges we have with your Philodomo hat on around content creation at the moment? I would say a big challenge is going to be separating brand from person. Yeah, as in a dual strategy? As in Timothy versus Philodomo. So okay. there's a Philodomo brand and then there's the personal brand of Tim and we know that they're currently quite intertwined. It's what we've seen and that's part of the strategy. But then how we have to build a business that is self-sustaining. And we have to build a personal brand that is able to be separated as needed because of all of the other work that you're doing yeah. in different businesses. And so we've got a beautiful brand for Philodomo and we're building the brand for Tim. And so we have Why to... Why didn't you say beautiful for Tim? Because <laughs> <laughs> we haven't yet built it, so I don't know what it is yet. Okay, that's fine. Um, so I think that's going to be a big one that Nigel, Matt and myself will be working quite closely on is making sure that... Tim the man and Philodomo the brand can be separated. I'm sorry, Nigel, I had to. <laughs> I just had get to. the look of absolute joy on his I face and that when you said that. <laughs> Tim the man. Um, the other focus, I feel, will be making sure that when we create the content that the data that we get from digital is from the right people. So we are generally four of us decision makers on data. So how many people have watched it? How many people have clicked it? There's another layer of making sure that we're hitting the right people with the right message. So just because a piece of content doesn't get all of the clicks, we have to make sure that we're not throwing out the piece of content that we're actually uh, looking at it from a different point of view and saying, well, what happened at that time? Did we put it out on a weekend when in actual fact it's a middle of the week style newsletter? Once we get that, which is why coming back to your uh, six months to make the sale, while we don't agree necessarily, that's when you will get really good data because you will be able to have facets as simple as the weather brought into the discussion to make sure yeah. that the content works. 
I don't want to say this ever to an agency, but I don't know if I'm that necessarily sold on on our digital being a sales funnel at the moment. It eventually, yes, but I, I don't want to say that because I think a lot of people going to do don't have the luxury that we do, which is, you know, you need to generate money back from it. I just want to make sure that. Well, you're not e-commerce right now. No, not but. You know, there is a byproduct of where leads are generated and things like that. I just, for those listening, our first stage should not be sales focused. So if you hear me in a few podcasts going berserk at everyone because we haven't got a sale, you can just rewind this back and go <laughs> bad client, not bad strategy. But I think it's really important because most people, the expectations you have around this needs to be set by the agency. So my expectations of what we're getting is um, you guys are probably more aggressive than I think will be. Um, I'm hoping you're righter than me. That would be wonderful. But I don't think in terms of what we're trying to do, it would be fair to try and generate leads quickly. But I'm happy to be proven wrong. That would be a great result. <laughs> and, but I think it's it's points to a really um, sort of important thing for for, for brands to realise where they are in their, in their life cycle and that the strategy for each part of that life cycle will be completely different. Yeah. Um, so for you at the moment, and and it's really important when when we work with brands that they, um, and part of the education process for uh, both ways is that um, they might come to us and say, oh, we want we want a lot of engagement, and that's great, and we we can do that, yeah. um, and then in a couple of months they say, oh, but we're not getting any sales, um, and it's it's really important to to then go back and say they're completely different objectives, and the the strategy to achieve that is is very different. So when we work with you at this part of your life cycle, um, sales might not be up front. So when we're looking at it in a couple of months and we say, well, we're building a community, how are we going at building a community versus sales, that we're, we're not mixing what our objective is versus the metrics that we're measuring success yeah. on. I think, I think that's a really important point, Matt, because I think that's you know, not only the life cycle of the business or the people, but maybe where some of the difficulties working with agencies are is because the clients swap based on the stresses of their business. We need sales now or we've launched new products so switch everything to website clicks and things like this and it's around setting the foundation right at the start and I think in terms of if you're someone going to an agency and listen of course um, it would be remiss of me not to say you know hit up loud days for some advice. I know they'd be happy to give you advice. It doesn't necessarily lead to transactions but they've got a whole lot of good content that you'll see rolling out as part of this so if you can get something out of there and learn a bit better. But one of the things you have to take full responsibility for as the client is the investment that you're making. So with this, the investment is, okay, I've said to the guys, which is now recorded here, is we I know we need some brand building because who the hell are we and who the hell cares? We know what we've been doing behind the scenes. We're not worried about um, not having what we need to be out there. It's just the first time to make our brand public which is the exciting part of it but the investment can't swap which is we know it's going to cost money to build the brand because we're not looking to get a few sales this year we're looking to dominate our market in two years and by having an infrastructure that no one else has so we've got a community that's strong we've got an engaged community we've got um, opportunities that we can not only leverage but we can also invite people into so we're our strategy is very clear that we're trying to build something not for the short term. That's not where the game is for us. We're longer term thinkers but there is an investment in that. And I just think to be fair to your agency, whoever they are, be clear on timelines and what the strategy is. And if you decide to change mid-strategy, take a look at yourself first because that's one of the biggest challenges. Is, is that fair to, from an agency point of view? Yeah, I mean, it, it absolutely is a challenge, but I think that the main part is that we have constant communication, and I think that's the the one of the, the biggest advantages that I've had over the years with agencies is the relationship that we build up front, yep. and and that's what I was saying earlier around making sure that you're ingrained in the business that you're working with. That um, you shouldn't come to me and say, "Oh, we've we've pivoted, we're going in a different direction." That shouldn't be a surprise if I'm yep. part of that business. Yeah, absolutely. So you're talking about the, the relationship has to be close. It's not we'll speak at the end of the month and look through a dashboard. Yeah. It's um well, you know, here probably won't be a problem because <laughs> we'll get to air our dirty laundry um, recorded and I don't think we'll go live, Nigel. That might be a little too outside <laughs> my comfort zone because um, I'm sure I'll say something stupid. But uh, I just want to make as part of this education, not that this is here to educate people, but it's very important that w with what you said again is setting the relationship with the agency and how – 
you would best work together. So from an agency point of view, that's an important conversation. From a client point of view, you shouldn't sign a contract to go on with an agency until you're clear that they understand the way you work and the objectives, not just can you get me a result. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's not uncommon to, uncommon for us to have what we call chemistry sessions. Um, chemistry that's, session, that's yeah, good. and it's, that's exactly what it is. It's like you you, you hang out with the brand or, or with the agency just to to, to make sure that you, you you can work with them. That so you you're talking a madman style? We can go out and we have to get smashed, or is it just you know <laughs> a meet and greet? I'm fine it, with both. It's, but um, we'll be guided by the client on that one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Lana, thoughts on um, how can we screw this up royally? Us Volodimo or us Loud Days? I, I think both. How can we screw up what we're trying to do here? What would be the things that generally with clients that are disasters, which I'm, I'm being, my language is just for a little bit of pizzazz because there's never really been disaster. Pizzazz is a great word. Yeah. Bringing pizzazz back. Little, I wouldn't even know how to But what it, how could we really... What are the things that we would both need to do to make this relationship not work? Not our marriage. I'm talking about the um, agency and the client. In terms of, and I personally deem digital, I'm very sorry, Matt, the stuff and the fluff. Yep. The stuff is that real hard return on investment and that fluff is that really nice to have pretty stuff. The stuff is if we're going for leads how we can really mess this up is what happens once a lead comes in. So in yep. business terms, you call that the nurture phase. What happens when we get a lead in if we're not nurturing it correctly? As, as the client, you mean? As the client or as the agency, if that's where they're engaged for, that we're not giving that lead or that individual what they need once they've come in through the sales funnel. It's, it's just so detrimental because then we don't get that conversion, which is why an agency is there in terms of that hard data and yep. that sale. Um, Which data will be a major conversation point for us going forward. Just so for everyone who knows this, if you don't like data, then you definitely need to listen. If you do love data, there'll be some really interesting insights, I think, around how we um, how we value different types of data at different stages of our rollout. So obviously stay tuned, but yep. And if you really don't like data, please, as Tim said, hit us up because we've got things that will make you love data. Just simple articles that Philodomo have developed you'll fall in love once you understand what it does for your business. Yeah, and just, you know, when you look at the Loud Days website because inevitably you click and go, what are these all? Um, what are these guys about? I think it's the point that I love about the agency is this is a ROI agency, which is how do we get a return and we're only interested in that. I love the fact that I have to fight you because I'd rather a long-term nurture rather than just get my money back as quickly as possible. But I think that's the right way to have the debate. That's why I'm comfortable here that I don't have to – try and everything I say is not going to cost me 10 times more because you're looking to milk me. The bluff where we can go wrong is uh, feeding the beast. So if we all commit to Here doing go, a, Nigel, 100 pieces something of to content. Do with you for sure. <laughs> not just because you go to the gym every day. <laughs> the fast and furious beast. Uh, if we're doing 100 pieces of content, if we're doing podcasts and videos and blogs and interviewing people and then we stop... It's the idea of on social particularly you notice what's wrong, you don't notice what's right. You notice when an Instagram feed isn't cohesive or you notice when there's a spelling mistake in a headline. So not feeding the beast once you've committed to your audience that you're going to do something. Yeah. I'm sorry, Nigel's laughing right now because it's all on him. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yes, yes. It's on all of us collectively but I am the through line. Mm. Right. We'll get some little elves in to help you, Nigel, with that um, but – but let's talk about that just briefly. Is that because when a community from a brand point of view starts the consistency and, and using you that you're actually – is it a breaking of trust that it is or is it just literally algorithms that will start to um, not work for you because you're not someone who's giving out a consistent content supply? From a community point of view, it's definitely the breaking of trust. If I've come in because I want to engage about business or digital or I want to shop with you and you've given yep. me this really quality content and then suddenly there's nothing there, I'm not getting hit with the ads that I usually get hit with that I care about, you've got that three-second period of the scroll to really mess up their relationship. Okay. All right. And it, but I think also the um – when you're building that platform or that 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 base, the the foundation that we develop for you needs to be robust enough 
for periods where there's a lot of content or there's not yep. as much content. And so I was about yeah. to say, how does an agency mess it up? Yeah. We do not deliver on what we promised. Oh, wait a minute. So that first bit was me messing it up. Ooh, yeah. Oh, okay, good. Well, yeah. us messing it up. Okay. But yep. to Matt's point, if you don't understand the business and you don't deliver what you promise to deliver as an agency, you should not be kept around. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I agree. We've spoken about this. There's nothing wrong with sacking clients. And I, I really hope this podcast doesn't end with you sacking us. <laughs> whilst it would be a funny joke, it would be a real disaster in my mind. But we need to have those sort of conversations because there'll be times obviously as um, it gets busier and things become more successful and, and we can start to ramp it up if we choose to that we need to have debates around um, the behaviours of our company, wanting to take more of your time up and things like that and what it means and even that inside of what does it mean for an agency when I need more time? Actually, how does that work? Because a lot of people sit there and go, why can't they just talk to me whenever I need it because I want to... I want to talk through every comment on Facebook. It's not understanding that. I really want people to understand that. And a lot of our clients, they do know that they can pick up the phone to us no matter the drama. And as Matt said, we are ingrained in their businesses. We understand it. And a lot to be of fair, you're not a normal agent. You know, as much as I'm biased towards this company, you're not normal. I mean, there's a reason you're. No, but we do have clients. Seriously good in our market. We do have clients that when marketing managers change, and it sounds so dumb but we don't mind if we're not the agency that stays on because we know marketing managers bring, yep, bring their, their people. Favorites, yep. Totally fine but our job is to give all the information that if we get canned, fine but these clients know and you as Philodomo and Nigel as Fast and Furious content creator needs to know that that line to us is open. Yep. It doesn't matter if we can't action it right away but we have to be there to have that discussion of please Tim do not post that or – whoa. Let's let's go ahead and TikTok today. I think it'll be more. You need to remove that. Then you can't post it. I feel like that. <laughs> We're taking your passwords yeah. away. Yeah, but I, but I think for us, what's kind of refreshing, and it's not a sales pitch, but the the the, the when clients are picking up the phone, they're actually talking to us. Um, and I think that's one of the, the the frustrations in the industry is that you go through multiple people before you get to the person who's actually on the tools doing the job day to day for your brand. Yeah, gone are the days of spray and pray. Yeah, yeah, putting your content all over every platform and just waiting to see what the the data is. When it it has to be more collaborative these days, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, but also just talking to the people that know about your account. Um, we're, we're the ones that are actually working. We'll be working with you, yeah. and we'll be we'll be the ones sort of executing the strategy as well. We'll be doing the strategy with you, but we'll also be executing it. We're not we're not working with people sort of five five people down the line. Um, sort of executing the strategy that that know more about your business than we do. When people pick up the phone, we know absolutely. we're the ones that they're actually dealing with. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's – I mean, that's the exciting bit for me. And for those who are using agencies or a um, marketing or digital specialist, start setting that relationship out of what you need them for. They should have major insights around your planning every year for your business because they're seeing the type of people that are being attracted to your message. Better – you know – they know more than you know at the moment around who's actually being attracted. Sometimes we forget to ask. Yeah, and as Matt said, this is not a sales thing. We are not the perfect agency for everyone. My hope through having this discussion and people actually hearing our discussions is they know how to better manage their agency and have that expectation because it's on the client often the outcome. So if we can educate them from inside out, they'll have better questions. Not that I want to disagree with you, Alana, Shocker. because you know it's. Um, <laughs> I don't want to disagree with you, but I, I I'm doing this a little bit for another reason. I'm challenging agencies to step up. We're being transparent here and showing how to build a, a strategy from zero. You can go look at us right now, look at our platforms, and we're starting from zero, zero, zero. Most of you have no idea who I am, don't know any of my team members, don't know anything about our company. So we're a fresh start. So. We're going to show you the playbook we're using and talk through it in some depth. But I challenge other people, why aren't other agencies wanting to show this? Because this is very difficult. This is art form more than science. Obviously, there's a science around data, but that's now the bottom rung of what everyone should know. People aren't using data. If you, This is a call to action. If you're working with any agency that doesn't discuss with you data in a systematic, consistent way at least every month, if not two weeks, but I think month for most smaller businesses will be fine with smaller budgets, you should seriously putting them up for review. 
it's not gone of those days. And I'm, you know, I'm fired up about that because there's a lot of businesses we work with with the consulting space that they waste so many thousands of dollars with agencies that are just bad. They don't actually know their game and they've been able to get their sales pitch right because everyone can talk the lingo. Get on YouTube, watch 100 videos and you could sell a digital offering. But what is the actual outcome and expectation? We had a great one the other day with a, a client who had an agency that cut them out of their own Google account. I mean, it's just so low-rung rubbish stuff that you don't want to get involved. But we need to know what are your rights and responsibilities and what can you demand from an agency and when are you becoming more of a you know, too demanding client. But that's what hopefully these conversations will help. And when you start seeing some of the results, and as I said, if it doesn't go the way we want it to go, well, I'll be standing here and I go, well, it hasn't gone that way. So is it me or you? And Jill will have a front seat to the action. <laughs> but it, it is important because I think that's um, picking agencies is vital to the success of your business and doing this right. Um, for me, I'm very nervous about it because obviously we're on full public display. Not that that's a dangerous thing, but the easiest way to do this was to do it for six months, just make sure it works and then post it. I mean, we're doing it now and we're on zero. You can go to our social channels now. What are we? What's the date now, Nigel? Um, uh, January, 16th. January 16th, 2020. You can look at what our social media channels are at Philonimo Global. We are starting with nothing. There's nothing hidden. There's nothing. You can look at my personal. It's locked so you can't get in anyway unless you friend me. Locked. So, um, But these are the things that this is a real case study and experiment. And the fact that the guys would actually allow us to do that must, you know, it's obvious that they're confident in their ability because who in their right mind, if they weren't sure if they could help or do something, would allow you to do this? This is very dangerous for them. It can ruin the business. It's cool, isn't it? I love high stakes. I like the silence that just yeah, came yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> Has anyone actually thought about that? <laughs> no. Um, I'm really excited about it. Um, obviously, the guys I think are brilliant anyway and they've got track records so I know if this doesn't work there will only be one factor that's different which will be basically me but I'll blame Nigel for bad content so that's okay. <laughs> Nigel, before we finish up because you've been um, sort of listening and in, in, into the conversation and you're running our sort of content division and building it, um, what, are the, what are the things that you're uh, – most concerned is what I want to say but what are the things that you're thinking about now in terms of – where we are, so basic new start, we're working with a new agency, it's new relationships and there's a heavy pressure on you. What, what are the things that are going through your mind before we begin? Uh, the Philodomo, when doing things, has an impatience about it. All of us are very goal-driven. Oh, so, <laughs> so much drama. No drama, Nigel. Okay. <laughs> And some of us are a little bitchy too, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um, my... The concern I have is we all want to do content very quickly and start creating things um, in making sure that because I know there's a number of different factors that are coming into play from different arms of the business that we don't – if we do step out in the wrong direction that we course correct very quickly. So whose who's problem is that? Sorry, how do you mean? Who's the guardian of that? That I'm the – Oh, no, I'm not trying to throw no, you no, no, no. Sorry, I'm, sorry. I'm just so used to that. <laughs> sorry. I just realised what I did there. That, that was not meant to say I just want you to commit to it's your problem. I meant th this is very important because the speed in which we can make adjustments based on all these factors is absolutely not only budget optimization, but, I mean, this is – we have to do this. Yeah. There's that if we can hold the – going down the fast and furious route again if we can hold the throttle down and just spin the tires for a fraction longer than is comfortable i think the launch will be a lot quicker stay on target you're saying yeah <laughs> excellent well i because i don't know if you've considered what let's let's play the scenario out that we expect this is successful i'm really getting tingles that the fact that it can't be and can be, like it's a little bit dangerous, like we're really <laughs> putting ourselves out there a little bit. But say this, have you thought about with the type of content you produce because yep. now obviously you're going to come under high scrutiny because people are going to start working out who you are and all that but every, now that every other content creator who promises three pieces of content a week and you're doing 85, you're going to ruin how people are expected to produce which I think is really awesome. cool too. Yeah. 
That's the, the, it's the you're going to be hated by uh, by old guard yeah. by freelance content producers. No, I think uh, creatives will have an issue. Oh yeah, commercially focused people uh, in this space will go. Okay, now I've got permission. Yeah, I just I think it's really cool because I've seen you do it before when um, for other clients and when we had a production company many many moons ago. I, I know what to expect and I just think that's a little exciting because I don't I know you've got this but I also think it's not the norm and when most people sit there I think that's where a lot of criticism is going to come is but you don't have a Nigel and I go well it's taken a lot of years to systemize our content <laughs> yeah. it's yes we've got a bit of IP here but also it's very achievable it's just a lot of work yeah so do the work. <laughs> Find um, your own, I'm, Nigel. Absolutely. Um, I'm wrapped. Matt, thank you. Um, welcome. I know this is this will be a podcast that's taken over by, I think, Loud Days and then taken over by Philodomo, depending <laughs> on who's really got something to yeah. say, which I'm excited. But very importantly, if you're a um, business that wants to reach out and just ask some questions because we can bring it up in the conversations. We've got very smart people and you can jump online and see the track record of Loud Days and the sort of um, clients that they've worked with, everything from your smaller businesses many years ago to the tier one brands in the country and some of the things they do. And the good thing about them, they, they have a similar value set than um, that we do at Philodomo, which is help people. So if you want to make comment or you want to um, get in touch, do it because we can discuss some of those questions or queries during these podcasts when we're talking through ours because there's a lot of the same problems. And I think being able to contribute at worst is a good use of all of our time. Um, especially if you get a little bit more out of your digital channels and get to enjoy the journey with us. So, of course, reach out. Guys, thank you very much. It's um, really excited to officially have kicked off our contract together and beginning the rollout from zero. I just think it's going to be a beautiful body of work or the greatest disaster story. <laughs> um, either way, I think it's worthy of um, recording and worthy of us to talk about. So thank you for being on the journey. I'm really happy to be kicking off. And Nigel, of course... A lot of pressure first up. Actually, Matt and Nigel have got Lana and I sit back here yeah. going, hey, not first. Uh, not my problem. <laughs> um, yeah, but we're not married to him, so yeah, not our problem. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's paid her dues, that's yeah. for sure. But thanks, guys, and we'll, we'll talk about it weekly and we'll go through the, each step and, and get going. But for those out there who want to connect, please do. Thank you, everyone, and we'll um, see you next week. Bye. Thank you.